The national dish of England isn't fish and chips, steak and kidney pie, or Yorkshire pudding. It's chicken tikka masala, a spin on Indian cooking invented in Glasgow. The British appetite for curry is limitless, and one of the most common spices used is coriander. On this week's Check the Pantry, we go into the kitchen with legendary banjo player and curry enthusiast John Cottingham for his take on the Anglo-Indian takeaway classic, Chicken Madras. From KBBI in Homer, Alaska, my name is Jeff Lockwood, and it's time to Check the Pantry. Distinct, piney, citrus aroma of coriander is due to organic chemical compounds called terpenes. They're found across the plant kingdom, responsible for the scents of cloves, cinnamon, hops, mint, lemons, and marijuana. They're found in some insects as well. The name coriander is said to derive from the ancient Greek word for bedbugs, which supposedly smell like the spice when they are crushed. Terpenes are a major piece of many plants' evolutionary toolkit. Some attract beneficial insects, others repel harmful ones. Some have antibiotic properties, some assist the plant in metabolic processes. And practically all of them are used by humans. Latex, turpentine, and the rosin used on fiddle bows are all primarily composed of terpenes. They're in perfume, soap, insecticides, and fuels. They are the chief component of essential oils. All manner of health claims are made about them. Here, though, our concern is flavor. Coriander's aroma is due mostly to two different terpenes, linalool and pinene. Pinene, unsurprisingly, is most associated with pine trees. It's the smell of pine tar and of turpentine. It's also in rosemary and juniper. Linalool is found in lavender, mint, and the bay laurel. Limonene, despite its name, is the terpene responsible for the scent of oranges. Artificial lemon flavor derives from a different terpene, citronellol. Carvacrol gives us oregano and marjoram. Menthol is obvious. Thymol is too. Vitamin A is a terpene. Vitamin E is made from one. Cholesterol and testosterone are terpene derivatives. The various carotenoids that make carrots orange are all terpenes, as is lycopene, which gives tomatoes their red color. Terpenes are frequently found within the membranes of the plant. When the membrane is ruptured, they are released, and once that happens, many dissipate fairly quickly. This is why beginning cooks are always urged to buy certain spices whole, not ground. A tablespoon of coriander ground last year, whose terpenes have vanished into the air, is about as useful in a saucepan as a tablespoon of sand. You said you, you said we were making rice. All right, we're going to make rice now. Yeah. 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 Well, with a curry, I always go for basmati rice. And uh, I have a special little recipe, uh, kind of like scented basmati, basmati rice. Uh, add a few things like cumin, cardamom, cloves, and uh, a few other things. And it gives it that lovely little bit of a, <clears throat> yeah. All right, let's make rice. Okay. Who taught you how to make curry? Um, actually, uh, uh, my dad. My dad taught me how to make curry. Yeah? Yeah, he was a big fan. Big fan of the curries, uh, him and my mum. And apparently uh, when my mum, when she was pregnant with me, she used to have cravings, you know, like prenatal, yeah. prenatal cravings. For curry? She, yeah, she used to have a late night. And he, has to, he had to go running off to the, to the, the local Indian restaurant uh, down the road, 
you get her a curry. So a nice, a nice spicy so curry from <laughs> curry from the womb, yeah. <laughs> and I think I've always had a taste for curry ever since. Ever, ever since I tried curry, uh, put a big smile on my face. What kind are we going to make today? What a what variety of curry? And this is basically like this is British curry. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. <laughs> you see, all right. I'm probably gonna get. I'm gonna say this is a British curry, and you go, oh, that's from India. But I always thought that British curry was the illegitimate son of many a many a father or mother out there in different places, namely around India. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of like evolved into something which is definitely not from it. Well, it has little bits of India. Yeah. But it's become its own monster. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's make some rice. All right, let's make some rice. I'm making a pretty large amount of rice here. I've got a four four cups of basmati. Yeah. I've got it in the pan right now. And, uh, I'm gonna. What do you want to do? Is that you want to give it like four good soaks? Well, give it a soak in water. Yeah. Get it up there. Once filling with the water. Just give the, give the rice a little, you know, don't be rough with it, don't break it, but just be nice and twiddle around with it and watch the starches come out. And the water should start getting cloudy. And you want to do this about four times. Here it is, getting nice and cloudy. Feel the water getting a bit sticky. And that should be ready for a, yeah, that's ready for a turnover. Do this with cold water, by the way. Try not to pour the rice out into the sink. Don't worry about leaving it in there, you don't have to drain it all the way each time. Nice bit of easy action with the fingers, like you love every grain. Here it comes, here comes the cloudy, the starches are coming out again. And we'll do that again. There we are. Three, three times a charm. I like to use basmati, well obviously uh, with an Indian curry, or uh, within Indian food, basmati is definitely a rice which lends itself very well. You can also use jasmine rice as well. That's, yeah. you know, although that has more of a Thai connotation, but it still goes really well with Indian. I don't know why I say curry. The, well, the reason why I do say curry is because, you know what, in India, they don't even say curry. You know, if you went... Yeah, curry is just a it, leaf. It's just it, a particular yeah, kind of yeah. leaf. And, and it was actually... Uh, I think it was something which got carried over by the British a long time ago, where it became uh, like a word, the word curry. Well, there's two, two sides to this story. I know that, uh, oh, I think I've been some part, of, some part of India where they used to call it curry. Right. Yeah? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it means sauce. Yeah, and it's just, a, and it's kind and of it, a generic uh, word. Yeah, it just is like sauce. So like, you know, you could have tomato sauce, yeah. you could have brown sauce, you could have barbecue sauce. Well, that's curry. So like curry actually became that word. That's what they say anyway, you know, like right. curry. There's lots of mythology about all this kind of stuff. I'm gonna now leave this, uh, with it being basmati, it's, I'm gonna leave this and let it soak for like 20 minutes. Okay. And what it should do, it should like reduce the boiling time. You're gonna absorb some of the moisture. Right. And so when we put it in, I don't have to use as much water, mm -hmm. which will free more of the starches again. Because we're going for a very fluffy texture here, we, right? We, we're going for a fluffy texture, which is like you, almost the grains are gonna be individual. Totally. Right. But you know, there's gonna be no starch. It's just gonna be flaky and uh, it's just gonna scoop it up with a fork, throw your curry in there and Oh, watch a <laughs> little bit of it fall off. Okay, so we're going to let that sit for a few minutes and yep. turn to our next bit of business. All right, we got quite a quite a table full of ingredients here. Right. Well, we, this is something that I don't normally do, but I, I'm trying to make a, a chicken madras okay. from scratch. Normally I, I cheat and I'll get one of those jars you can find at Save You More. Yeah which you know, normally has a wonderful like sign of the Taj Mahal on it or something like that. <laughs> That's how you know it's authentic. <laughs> exactly. And I'll just scoop one of those up. And you know what? Why not? Yeah. You know, like it saves you all the trouble of trying to find all the herbs and spices. And sometimes you can't find them in town. Yeah. And you run out of one and then you feel, like, oh, no. But a couple of, you know, a couple of tablespoons of this stuff into it and it works a treat. It's pretty good. It gets and you about 85% of the way there. It does. It does. But today, why not? Because it's gonna, the radio. It's, we are going to, we are going to try it from scratch. And uh, it's a bit of a chance and we'll see where it goes. It's going to be different. And every time it's going to be different. If you make it today, it'll be one thing. And if you made it next week, it'd be something else. It will be. It will be. Now. One of the main things, and this is always the case with uh, cooking uh, Indian food, is the preparation is very important. 
it's good to have all your spices laid out. Get your measurements, what you might be needing, and have them on a plate so you know what you're dealing with so you don't have to start dealing with it when you're in the middle of the cooking process. Yep. Grate your ginger. Get it done now. Chop your onions. Leave this, Don't worry about the cilantro. You can do that later. But, yeah, it's a good idea to have everything out there and have it all prepped. So right now we've got the rice soaking. We've got chicken waiting. And I think we're going to start collecting all the herbs and spices. All right. We've got quite an array here. I tell you, where do we start? And I brought you whole coriander, too. We oh, can right. start with the whole stuff. Should we start with the whole stuff? I think we should. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because then we get to grind it in the mortar and pestle, and the mortar and pestle makes awesome radio. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. So, are we going to be uh, are we going to be frying the spices in the oil? Is that is that going to yeah. be our technique? Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, we might toast them first a little okay. slightly. All right. Well, let's do that. Okay. Well, the, these are some of the herbs and spices that we're going to be using. Obviously, we have the cilantro. Yeah. Which is when we're over in Britain or other places, we still call it coriander. Coriander. Yeah. That's a coriander seed. But yeah. this is still called coriander as well. Do they and, call uh, it, I forget, do they call it fresh coriander in Britain or is it just coriander? Ju uh, just coriander. Yeah. And also they call it uh, Chinese parsley. Really? Chinese yeah. parsley? Oh, Ch I haven't heard that. Chinese parsley. In some places, I think that's. I think that might be more southern thing. So, do you have a lot of confusion then when somebody's like, "Hey, bring me some coriander," and they come back with those seeds, or you wanted that? Oh, you come back with a bunch of parsley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that happens too. There's lots of confusion in British cooking. Believe me. <laughs> How long do you want to boil that potato? <laughs> Fifteen minutes or half an hour? <laughs> it's not mushy enough. <laughs> That's not going to work with my soggy cauliflower. <laughs> Who put pepper in my food? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we have the cilantro. And that's going to be, our, that's going to, we can save that for later on because that's going to go on top of everything. That's a garnish, right? That's a garnish. We have the coriander seed, which we're going to, we're going to crush. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to put it in, we're going to crush it. And do you know what? While we're at it. Look at that bag. I brought you a giant bag. Oh, of look at that. Look at it. Oh, that's enough coriander seed to, oh, to last a week. <laughs> I'm going to mix it in. Uh, well, we've got the pestle and the mortar. I'm going to mix it in with a bit of uh, cumin seed. Because And what we're going to do after that, we're going to toast it like, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make like, I'd, I'd say for coriander, I'm going to make like a, a teaspoon, a teaspoonful, and also a teaspoon of the cumin seed. Do you know what, Jeff? Yeah. I think I'm going to toast them before I... That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to toast them before I... Coriander has that, has that lovely kind of a citrusy, kind mm. of a sagey kind of like feel to it. Yeah. Whereas and it, when it blends with the cumin, which has that kind of like, ooh, healthy, earthy kind of feel. Mm. Put the two of them together, that's your, that'll set your taste buds on fire, won't it? Yeah. And I've heard gastronomic, gastronomically, uh, they're pretty good for you as well. You know, they kind of aid digestion, they, they release your digestive enzymes and things. I've, also, I've heard of people um, eat, just eating a couple of coriander seeds like between courses to cleanse the palate as well. Oh, yeah. Did you know about that? Have, yeah. you, ever, have you ever tried uh, some of the uh, in-between meals? Uh, you can get uh, like coriander seed and mix it with a bit of fennel. Yeah. This is in, in Indian cooking. Yeah. And you just chew on it. Yeah. I've forgotten the name for it. There's a special name for it. I can't remember it right now. But it's really good apart from the, the, the get stuck in your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All the best things do. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, yeah, but let's toast these lightly. Yeah, let's just get this up to medium heat. We don't want it too hot. We don't want to brown. We just want to get them changing color slightly. There we are. That should be a nice level. Just till we smell it. Yeah, exactly. Just, just want to see it slightly change color. Mm -hmm. And then you know you're onto something. And in we go. Oh, there you go, a few bouncing out. But that's part of the trick, <laughs> isn't it, eh? Always, I always make a mess when I'm cooking. Isn't that part of the fun, though? It is. I hate cleaning up, though. Mm. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. there we are. Can you, can you smell that? Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Got that nutty, citrusy kind of smell coming out. Let's go and start bashing this stuff up, then. Mortar and pestle time. Oh, yeah, that smells good. Oh, look at that, eh? All right, yeah, I think we got a good bit. Now, oh, here we are. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about using a, a mortar and pestle as well is 
not only is it a good workout, <laughs> but it's also like when you you know you you're really getting into the spices, aren't you? Yeah. When you start crushing that it's, stuff up, it's so much fresher smelling and oh, so much more intense. Oh, you know, it's, it's sensual. I always thought these spices, which go into Indian food, a lot of these spices, the cumin, all oh, yeah, the cloves, cardamom, they all just like it's like a dance of the senses, isn't it? Really. It's like, uh, of course, it's music in its own way. They all talk to one another. I've always felt like, you know, and this, this will make sense because, you know, you, are, uh, you and I have some musical history, but I've always felt like music and, and cooking are very, very related, you know? Like, there's, in, in, any, in any dish that you eat, there's like, there'll be like an earthy sort of baseline that is like, that ties everything together right. and sort of rumbles. And that's like, you know, your, your basic sort of dense flavors. And then, you know, it's particularly once you get into spices, there'll be all these top notes that are like the, the harmonics and the overtones and all this kind of thing. Yeah. And then sort of the main flavors are like the melody and everything else sort of bends around that and either supports it or expands it or opens it up. And they, and they happen in time, you know, like when you, when you hear a piece of music, you're hearing it in a linear fashion, you know, things are happening and then they change over the time. And the same thing happens when you take a bite of something, yeah. you know, you first get, yeah, yeah. you get a hit of something on your palate yeah. and then and then as it as you eat it as you chew and as it as you swallow it and then even afterwards like yeah. it changes yeah it's, it's like a, it's a journey isn't it you know you have that initial impact i call you know where you've got the aroma and then you taste it and you go oh wait a minute that doesn't taste like the aroma but then it kind of does and then it starts going somewhere else and then you go blimey look at that oh Yes, it's gonna move it around your mouth as well. You're like, maybe your tongue gets slightly numb by something. And then you get a sweetness from somewhere. Mm -hmm. You find that a lot in Indian food, and that's one of the things I crave. That's why they, I think that's why they love the chutneys. You know, it goes so well with like a nutty rice, chutney, spice, and then this kind of floral, lemony scent and everything. Put them all together, wow. You know, you've got yourself a song. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think a really good Indian meal should be a bit like a, a bit like an orchestra. You've got all the different parts, haven't you? You know, you've got all these different chutneys. You could maybe have a mint chutney. You could have a mango lime pickle, which is, is sour, very sour. And then you've got the spicy, spicy curry. And then you've got the, maybe a scented rice. Put that in together. Throw in your cilantro on the top of it as well. And you. You're laughing, really, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's music. All right. Well, anyway, we've got um, cumin and uh, all the other. What else? So now we, uh, that's just cumin and coriander right now. Cumin and coriander. Now we got to start right. putting all the. All right. The so what I'm going to do now is going to put this onto a plate, and I'm, so I've got a, a nice measurement. That's going to be gorgeous. Now, what else do we have? All oh, right. Yeah, I think we're going to throw a couple of cardamom pods into this. And cardamom, not, they, they typically go in whole and they, they just simmer, right? Yeah, yeah, I like to throw the cardamom, but I like to put them in a bit later. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of this stuff will go in at different stages. Okay. And what we'll do with the cardamom pods is slightly bruise them to release the flavor a bit more. Mm -hmm. You can either use a flat knife or something, and I just like to use my fist. I don't have that much of a punch. <laughs> I'm a pacifist. Take that. There we go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's cardamoms doing their thing. They're going to look nice next to the... Here we are. Have some cinnamon here. Cinnamon sticks, which I want to throw in. Good size. Probably about three inches. And I'd say like two or three of those. I'll go three. They'll make this a really nice scented one. Cinnamon, obviously, you're going to look for that bit of sweetness. Rounds it off, the sweet side of things. And then for something to cut through a bit more, we're going to put like four or five cloves into it. The cloves have this, they have this way of cutting through. You may find some of these in the curry while, uh, <laughs> uh, when we pull it out. But uh, yeah, if you do, yeah, you can spit it out, yeah. you know, take it out. But I know some people actually just loved, once they bite into a clove, that's part of their experience. Because when they eat the next bite, they reckon it's a gorgeous experience from where the clove has just filled your mouth. Now we've got turmeric. Turmeric, we're definitely gonna put like about, definitely a teaspoonful of turmeric in there which is, uh, that will add a beautiful bit of a color as well to, to, to the curry and add that lovely scented feel. And this is gonna be important. We're gonna go, I'm gonna go for cayenne pepper for, for the heat. And I'm probably gonna go for like uh, two or three, two or three teaspoons uh, to start with. And we'll see where that takes us. 
If it's up to scratch, then obviously I've overdone it because <laughs> I like my spicy. <laughs> and someone's going to go, you've killed me. Get well, the, the fire brigade. The nice thing about Cayenne, too, is like you can always add it. If you're if toward the end, you're like, oh, it's not yeah, quite. But yeah. It doesn't exactly. quite have the heat. Then. Yeah. Ooh, I just found some fenugreek. Yeah. I'm going to throw this in. I'm going to quickly um, mortar it. It's such a little used spice in, in, in a lot think, of Western Can, can you think of any other, uh, do, uh, you, do you know any other form of cooking where fenugreek really comes out? Yeah, actually in Yemen, there's a there's a sauce called holba, uh, oh, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And all it, it's fenugreek and water pounded together in a mortar and pestle, and it makes kind of a frothy, a yeah, it makes sort of a frothy paste. Yeah. And they serve it with fish. It's like one of the, it's like the Yemeni national condiment just about. Now you've, you've tried that, haven't you? Yeah, a long time ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of it? It's delicious. Oh, wow, sounds so, so simple. Yeah. What kind of yeah, fish? Any kind of fish. Could you try it up here? Yeah. God, yeah. probably. I'm thinking about halibut. it. I know I should. Halibut. Uh, yeah. Cod. Rockfish, actually. Rockfish, oh yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot, there's similar looking fish to rockfish that yeah, that are yeah. in like the Red Sea and the Mediterranean. And we're building up a nice little uh, spice plate here, Jeff. As you can probably see, it, it, it's looking. It look. It looks a little more uh, spicy than you know. Yeah. Bubble and squeak. I, <laughs> well, I think I think this is one of the reasons why uh, I think the British got into this is because it's like, hey, wait a minute. Instead of our bubble and squeak and our rather bland bangers, <laughs> look at these spices. But I think what happened, uh, it wasn't like everybody started making their own curries or anything like that. It's a bit of nutmeg. I'm throw a bit of nutmeg in there. Excellent. A lot of uh, people started sending over uh, spices in mix already in curry form. Right. So you, were, you would get, you know, you'd find them in stores or various places uh, where you'd have an actual already a curried mix. Curry powder. Curry powder. Yeah, yeah which is, you know, got everything in there. As that started, I guess even apparently Queen Victoria was a big fan. Oh, really? Of, yeah, she even had a, uh, one of her places in, I think it was Buckingham Palace or somewhere like that. I don't know, one of those many places. Uh, she had them to design it in like this Indian kind of like style, uh -huh. like with all these kind of like satin things and arches. And uh, she, she would have uh, some sort of Indian food always presented with whatever they're eating that day. Huh. When did, the, uh, when did the, the Indian takeaways, you know, become... Like the restaurants, when did they become a thing? The Indian restaurant. Yeah, I guess there was a couple of uh, people who came. This is like for the high end, the toffs. Yeah. In the in around the Victorian time, they came back from India, colonial stuff. Yeah. And uh, they came back and they, ooh, we still have cravings for Indian food. <laughs> we want the food of the people that we just finished exploiting yeah, right. and murdering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but it wasn't until after the Second World War really that the actual Indian takeaway or the, you know, Indian restaurant takeaway, which is what you find on every street corner in Britain now. Yeah. It, there was a bunch of like Indian people went to, you know, they're in the Navy and a lot of them settled in London after the war. And uh, they, a lot of the places were bombed out, the fish and chip shops, you name it. London was pretty flattened. So was Manchester, Coventry. And so there was a shortage of uh, uh, fish and chip shops and that kind of thing. <laughs> or you could get these old buildings which were half, you know, done up and nobody wanted to go back to them. And a lot of people said, hey, I'm going to turn this into something. Yeah. And they would actually sell things. Uh, so you'd have this, these guys coming over who, from the Navy and the service, and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to start making uh, food because there's people staying over now, uh, a lot of people from Bangladesh. And uh, they started making fish and chips and, you know, doing British food, but yeah. then they'd have curry on the side. Uh -huh. And as it took off, the fish and chips got pushed out <laughs> and, it, and because the curry was really cheap as well right it was street food yeah and uh, so like it not only was it popular with the growing asian I indian community but uh, also people were going well I'm, I'm getting into this curry thing and then the other thing which made the indian takeaway really big and the indian restaurant not just the fact that it was pretty cheap food to eat they would stay open late at night and so when the pubs closed, and this would be around 11 o'clock, and people had nothing else to do, you could still go to an Indian restaurant and get a curry or Indian food, and, you could, and they would serve beer as well. So you could carry on from, with your night out and go for a nice little curry. So that's the secret to importing a new cuisine anywhere is just 
stay open late, add booze. and <laughs> Stay open late, <laughs> add booze. And also it's one of those foods that if you have been out and having a few beers and you're, you know, your taste buds are a bit uh, shot, a curry will cut right through that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else we might need. I'm going to forget, I need to get some bay leaves here as well. I'm going to so. use those for the chicken when we start cooking up the chicken. Okay. We're going to boil it up. Okay. And I like to throw a couple of bay leaves in with it. All right. Because I'm going to use part of the chicken as a stock as well to add to the curry when it's in full action. What we're going to do now then is do a bit more prep work because I want to chop a few onions. Okay. Uh, chop, chop up some of these, uh, oh, these wonderful, look at those, these lovely... Which ones They're are jalapenos. Oh, you have these wonderful jalapenos. Yeah, they were out of Serrano's. We've got that. And uh, what else have we got to chop up? We have a tomato, it. which ginger? I can chop up later, and a ginger. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is just take care of the onions. Very important. Yep. Onions and ginger. All right. So we're going to finally... Uh, we're going to dice. Dice the onions. And then uh, we're going to get probably a... Probably about a, a teaspoon of good chopped fresh ginger. I prefer to use fresh ginger uh, as opposed to powdered ginger. Yeah, it's way it just, better. It, it, I like it when you, it, it's a bit like garlic, isn't it? You know, you get a little taste of that garlic and it really hits the taste buds. You're not just spreading it sporadically. Yeah. It's like, ooh, there it is. It's a little surprise. Okay, we're well, going right. to chop the onions Let's then. chop some onions. All right, so it looks like you're a... Uh your commie chef has uh, has done your chopping for you. All right, yeah, nice work. No, oh, look at that! Look at all that. Wow, that's a lot of ginger. Yeah. Yeah. That's a oh, nice, nice, nice pile of onions there. Thank you, chef. Uh, yeah, good job, good job. So what we're gonna do? Because I brought you a present. You bought me a present. Yes. What? The ghee. Oh, the ghee. Yes, thank you so much for the ghee. It's, uh, I find it hard to find. Do you, do you know anywhere in Homo where you can find ghee? Anywhere uh, there's butter. Well, yeah, exactly, but like already made ghee. Yeah, but it's really expensive. It's like $9 for a little teeny jar. Oh, it is? Yeah. So, oh, you might as well just get butter and do it, reduce yeah. it yourself. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't take, it doesn't take, it takes an hour of sitting on a stove at very yeah. low heat. So basically, ghee is just clarified butter? It's, clear, it's browned clarified butter. Browned clarified yeah, butter. Yeah, so if you, just, if you just put the butter on and cook it on a real low heat until it's stops bubbling that cooks all the water out because butter is like butter is between 15 and 20 percent water so you got to cook out all the water and if you cook out if you just cook out the water then what you're left with is clarified butter Uh but if you cook out the water and then you cook it for a longer period of time so the milk solids brown right that is and then strain out the milk solids that's ghee and it's very intense it's very nutty um, yeah and it's awesome it's actually it's my favorite thing to saute fish in Absolutely, yeah, I bet. Um, can you, when you do that, how long can it keep for? What's it, uh, when keep? you keep it in the fridge? Yeah, It keeps forever. You don't even have to keep it in the fridge. That's why they do it in India. Huh. Because it cooks out, because by cooking out the water, it removes any place for bacteria to live. So it doesn't spoil, it doesn't go bad. Um, huh. It reduces rancidity. Because uh, mm. the, because the water's gone as well. So sense. it lasts a lot longer than just regular butter. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Another thing, Jeff, I think we should be cooking the, the chickens by now. You ready to get the chickens going? Yeah, yeah. Let's get them going. Because I brought you the whole thing. I know you said you wanted you wanted boneless, skinless breasts. And, yeah. But that's just not how we do things on this show. We've basically taken a whole chicken and we've uh, we've quartered it. We've got the breasts and everything. And, uh, we, we, and we're just going to put it into the pan, into a pan of water with a bay leaf and a bit of seasoning, a bit of salt. Yep. And we're gonna, we're just gonna get, we're gonna cook it. And then what I'm gonna do after that, I'm gonna like make it dice it up and uh, make it presentable for the pan so we can fit everything into the pan with all the sauces and all the spices. And do you know what, just for a bit more flavor, cause we're gonna add some of this chicken stock to various things afterwards as well. So this is all going in. We're gonna have a bit of fun with this. In you go, Henrietta. Right, Jeff, and then what I'm gonna do now, I'm gonna add a couple of bay leaves. Let's just add that certain aroma to the chicken. And then I'm gonna put a lid on it. And, uh, oh, a bit of salt. And that should do it. And we'll put the lid on it, and we're gonna cook that for probably about, oh, I'd say 20 minutes, uh, because we want it to be good and cooked. And then uh, we'll add it to the pan. Do you wanna make the rice now then? Yeah. All right. 
Okay, so our rice has been soaking. Yeah, right. Now we need to boil up some more water for the rice. Lots of pots and pans when I'm fine, I'm making a curry. I, I, I normally, I'll bring the water to a boil. Okay. Then I'll add the rice after that. Okay. You really don't need that much. Once you've soaked the basmati, you only want, uh, depending on the amount of rice you have, you want to put your rice in. And then if you, you give the old pan a little shake, watch the rice settle on the bottom. Maybe give it enough water, which will go up to your, the bottom of your first knuckle on your index finger. Mm -hmm. You honestly don't need much more water than that, otherwise you'll be throwing water out. Yeah. And what you want, you don't even want to be doing that. All you want to do is watch the water seep into the rice and let, allow the steaming effect of the water. And hopefully the rice should be done in a minute. Okay, so you pulled all your rice, it's sitting in a tray now. Yeah, yeah, the rice, I've just pulled it out. I've got the rice down to a nice steaming level where it's, all the water just basically went into the rice. Nothing to throw out, no stodginess. There you go, individual grains like that. Beautiful. What I like to do within that now is just add a slight bit of garlic powder, mm. sprinkle it over the top, and maybe a little bit of salt just for seasoning right now. And I have a little trick as well up the sleeve, uh -oh. which I think really helps. What's uh, that? I actually put a little layer of brewer's yeast oh. in with the rice and it gives you this wonderful sense of like, mmm, give me more. Excellent. Just a little touch of it. Huh. Not heard any complaints about it yet. Is that an Indian restaurant trick or is that one you picked up from somewhere else? It's actually Jeff, the one I picked up here. I actually did it myself. So we just season the rice slightly. If you want to as well, you know, like it's always nice to just take a, if you just want just pure plain rice, take that out and, you know, have it, put it in a separate container. Then it's really nice to have, if you do have a scented rice, it's nice to have just a nice bit of plain rice to go with it as well. Mm -hmm. Clears the palate up. So I'm just gonna give this a little rummage while I'm here. Yeah, so now we're just gonna like gently just stir everything in. And it, I like doing this as well, because as the rice cools down, so you're moving the rice from the bottom, because we, basically we, we're, in a, we're in a big baking tray right now. Yeah. You, you've got all your rice on the bottom and it's still steaming, so you wanna bring that rice up at some point and let it cool down a bit and do its thing. And this is also helping it become fluffier by the, it, it the steam, it. you know, the because yeah. the excess water is what's going to weigh it down. Exactly. And so what you want to do is just allow the excess water to, uh, well, to, to, to its evaporation, and then you'll find the graininess starts coming back out. Mmm. That's lovely. Not bad? It's good. Thanks, Jeff. It's excellent. Ah. <laughs> it's like rice, only more so. Yeah, I was thinking of, a, you know, if ever I wrote a book on rice, I was going to call it The Rice Man Cometh. <laughs> no, that oh, that's there. going in. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't say something like that in front of a check the pantry microphone <laughs> and expect that it's not going to go in. That's not <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got rice and our chicken is yeah. boiling pretty yeah. well, simmering pretty good. It feels like we're. Yeah, if we got the. What we want to do now is just get the chicken out. Right, so now we're just going to. Get some chicken on the go then. Can we kill the hood? Oh yeah, yeah. That's no, alright. What we're gonna do now, we're gonna get oh falling off the bone. Beautiful. Look at that. Alright. Now what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start cutting up some of these breasts just to give make them a bit more bite-sized, because I want, I want to put them in. Once I start the, the actual paste, the curry paste, the curry mix, and everything's there, I'm, I'm gonna add the chicken and coat it with all these spices and herbs. And then we'll add a, I'm gonna make a sauce later. Yeah, these are nice, these are good. Cause you want them to hold, you don't want them to like just flake out, if you know what I mean. There, these are good chunks of chicken, there. All right. And I think uh, what we're going to do with these legs, I think if we've got any room in the pan, I'm just going to put them in like that. It's quite a process. <laughs> Everything's waiting, you know, like the rice is now waiting, it's doing its thing. The ghee is in the pan. That's ready now for everything that's going to come its way. Yeah. And so that's going to be our next phase. All right. All right, let's make the curry. Okay. Well, let's make the curry. All right, so anyway, as I said, we're going to get the, the ghee up to like a medium. Medium heat. 
And the first thing we're going to add when the ghee goes in is the onions. Always start with onions. Yeah. Always. Everything starts with yeah, onions. Yeah, we've got to get the onions in there first, yeah. If it wasn't for onions. No, it would be lost, wouldn't we? <laughs> if it wasn't for onions, we might as well give up. <laughs> you know, whenever you've what? had a bad day. Yeah. And you smell onions cooking, mm-hmm. your day automatically, it just, it just brightens. It makes it better, doesn't it? Yeah. There we are. There's a nice little sizzle. You know, they say one of life's pleasures is chopping an onion, isn't it, really? So many, I think there's a lot of wisdom tied up with the onion. Can you smell that, the ghee interacting oh, yeah. with the, oh. Ghee really does make a that difference. A, I mean, a lot of times, you know, like I'm, I'll make it with vegetable oil and stuff, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, taking the extra step to make the ghee, like this curry we're making here now is not really a curry stew. You, you can make a curry, you know, as a stew, which is like a lovely way to. Over here, uh, like we tend the 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 base assumption tends to be that these things take a long time to make. Right. You know, like everything's yeah. cooking no. in it, but and if, as opposed if, to being. If you prepped your food, yeah, you can cook up a curry in twenty minutes. Yeah. A good, a nice meal. Yeah, as long as you've got everything there, and you can do it on a high heat. And then, you know, you bring it down when you bring your spices in. You don't want to cook them too high. You don't want to cook all the flavor out of the spices. Don't want to burn them. Don't burn them. And this is going it's going pretty good. Just want to soften them up a bit more. Get that lovely, uh, slight brownness to them, to the onions. Madam Jaffrey calls it brown frying. Brown frying. Oh, Madam Jaffrey. Oh, I love that woman. She's, she's brilliant. She's great. She's great, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I learn something new every time I see her on the telly. And books as well. She's like an, uh, a British institution oh, at this is. point. Oh, she is, yeah. She's up there with David Attenborough. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Attenborough and Madame Jaffrey. Yeah. Starting to look good. I'm going to throw the garlic in now, Jeff. Okay. I don't cut it too fine with something like this. I like the idea of a little taste explosion of the garlic. Right, we're going to start thinking about mixing some of these herbs in. Herbs and spices. Well, as I do this, I'm going to bring the temperature down a little bit. As I said, I don't want to overcook the spices at this point. Here we are then, Jeff. First thing I'm going to put in is, that's the cinnamon sticks and the cloves. And mix that around a bit. And now, oh, yeah. can you smell that? Oh. Wait for uh, this then. So you aromatic. Ready? You ready? Oh, is this the coriander and the yep. cumin? The coriander and the cumin. Oh yeah. There we are. It's going in. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh there we are. Magnificent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brings right. you right back to Manchester. It is. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the lovely things about curry is it's wonderfully pungent. When I was, uh, when I was living in town, and uh, we'd have a curry night, we'd have curry nights, and the neighbours would say the next day, oh, I see you had a curry last night. <laughs> I, was, I was walking the dog and I smelled it four days, four houses up the road. <laughs> and they did say it smelled delicious. Anyway, I'm going to keep my eye on this and uh, see where things are at. I can always add a few more spices, you know, as I feel as it's going along. Now, see what mm. we're doing now. Turmeric. That's our turmeric going in. And what we've done, we've created a bit of a paste now. I don't know what that was. I can't remember what that was I put in. There. Fenugreek. Oh, there's a fenugreek. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fenugreek. And here, here we are. We're going Whoa. in with a bit of nutmeg. Now, what I'm going to do right now, if you see what's happening, yeah. we're getting a bit of a thing going on here. So I'm just going to add a slight dash of water. We've run a couple of bay leaves in. Ginger. All right, there's our ginger. See how the colour's starting now, the turmeric? It's beautiful. See how it's changed it into that wonderful golden. So now, obviously, one of the most important ingredients to make it that, give it that lovely heat and spice, we have our chili pepper, chili spices. So I'm gonna put a couple of teaspoons of cayenne pepper. You can use whatever pepper you want, but I, I like cayenne. Definitely gives it a nice little kick. I'm not going to go too much to start with right now, so I can like alter as I go along. Now this is a part that is definitely a nice base we have here. A little water. A little bit more water. Just because we don't want to keep, you don't want to let the spices stick to the bottom of the pan. Right, we're throwing the chicken in now. Lots of it. There we are. And now what we're going to do, we're going to coat the the cubed chicken breasts with all these spices as it's cooking now. That's the thing about chicken breast. You know, some people say it can be a bit dry. Some people prefer thighs with the chicken. Yeah. It tends to hold a bit more moisture. But, uh, you know, if you think about a nice chicken breast as well, it's like it really soaks in that flavor. 
Now it's there, but with the dryness, it like moves its way in there. Mm. All right, I'm going to let these this happen for a couple of minutes. Everything's changing colour now. See the turmeric working on that, can't you? Oh, yellow, yellow. Um, yeah, good thing. Never wear a white shirt, <laughs> especially if you're using turmeric <laughs> and all the others. Yeah, your shirt won't end up white for a long time. Now we're going to throw some of these jalapeno, chopped jalapeno, into the mix. Things are really starting to happen in here. Yeah. It's all really starting to melt. It smells magnificent. Oh, thanks, Jeff. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And now, I like to add the cardamom just a little bit later. So that's going to go in now. As I said, the reason why I add the cardamom a bit later because it it does over overcook sometimes. Uh huh. But I think it should be at that lovely stage where it's going to mix in with everything nicely. All right, we're sizzling away again. Look at that. Yeah. <clears throat> and now we're going to use some. Uh, going to add some tomato paste. Okay. And what I've done, although this looks like a lovely kind of golden colour right now. Right. And Madras curry, which is basically what I'm making, is traditionally it's a red curry, and so and Madras is uh, a southern southern part of India. Famous for its lovely Madras red curry, or red, whatever they call it. They don't call it curry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call it curry. Here we are. So now we're gonna mix this in. Now we're getting that lovely kind of orangey red. So what we've done basically, we've turned by adding the tomato paste. By the way, I diluted it. Half is one part water, one part paste. And it's turned. It's actually turned the sauce into into a paste. And so we're going back to that lovely kind of coating thing. I'm going to add a bit more of this chicken stock to make sure it doesn't stick to the bottom of the pan. But we do want to keep some heat. We're on medium, still on medium. Oh, there we yeah. Are. Now, I have to do a little taste now. I'm trying to think what else there is to add right now. I think it's meant the to be only thing. A bit of salt. We haven't added any salt yet, but. Still got the tomatoes, too. We do, we have tomatoes, don't we? In fact, Jeff, I'm going to use fresh tomatoes, chopped. Okay. A little bit of ginger in there. Oh. And these, of course, are Alaska tomatoes. So oh, they are. <laughs> well, do you know what? If that's it, yeah. Do you know what? I am going to add a bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, uh, if anything... You want it to taste like if, tomatoes. If, if anything, the, the sauce will have a bit of something going on. All right, it's right there. Yeah, let's do There is no shame in using canned tomatoes here. No, yeah. <laughs> Unless it's summer, you know, and you get the greenhouse, yeah. greenhouse tomatoes. But until then, <laughs> until then. It's not summer. Here we are. <laughs> and these are diced, diced tomatoes. So I'm going to probably put about half a can in for now. Just see where that goes, see how it fills out. Lovely rich red colour. Now we really get Oh yeah. That is beautiful. It is starting to fuse. You get, oh, there it is. There's that lovely, you get a bit of this, you've got the cumin, you've got the coriander, which is like singing away. The cloves are coming through. The cardamom is adding that lovely bit of scented sweetness. The cinnamon sticks are doing the same thing. Cloves are, the chicken's happy and guzzling up all the juices. Tomatoes are wiggling away. You're right, Jeff, it's like a symphony, isn't it? It's all, it's all, the, all the different instruments that are talking right now, singing away. I mean, it could just be like a regular rock band, too. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? It doesn't have to be a symphony. Right. This is like yeah, the, yeah. This is like, rocking. This is like the clash of curries. <laughs> the clash of curries. <laughs> Except it's, it's not, not, it's not it, clashing. I'd like to think it's more fusion. <laughs> oh, Late 70s of, Miles Davis of, I'm thinking of like, curries. I'm thinking uh, Lemmy. Meets Ravi Shankar. Wow, what would that be like? <laughs> I can't even imagine. It'd be, uh, well, the, well the, the question uh, is, who would who would sing, Ravi or Lemmy? I'd like to hear them both sing at the same time. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to see Lemmy on the sitar huh? and uh, Ravi Shankar on, on the bass on the thunderous bass. <laughs> <laughs> take it, take it, Ravi. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Motorhead ever used the sitar. No, they didn't. That's one of the one of life's tragedies, isn't it? We've got a nice little juicy thing going on because I've been adding the stock and the tomatoes are mm. giving off their 
you know, the moisture. Yeah. So we get a bit of moisture going again now, and it's going back into. So here's a little thing I like to add, just to fill it out again. I'm going to add a bit of shredded, unsweetened coconut. Well, we are really going to the to the sunny going, tropics. We are. We're on vacation, Jeff. Is coconut so, uh, a, is coconut a traditional ingredient in a, in a madras? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I did? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It can be, yeah. And in fact, there's uh, there's certain uh, Indian foods, obviously, which will use coconut milk. Right. But uh, actually, in a madras, uh, I've known restaurant owners or cooks in certain restaurants who would prefer to use, they call it desiccated, shredded, shredded coconut. Yeah. Yeah. And this is an unsweetened coconut, unsweetened, by the way. Unsweetened, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I think the, the curry already has like a lot of sweetness going on. Yeah. Talking of that, you know, some people like, like a bit of fruit in their curries as well. You know? I've, I've seen some of them, like a korma uh, usually has raisins. Raisins, it? yeah, yeah, they yeah. have raisins. Or, you know, some places are even like you know, some banana or oh. this and that. You know, I think in a way, if you look, at, if you look around the world, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you can go to a lot of places where you'll see something which could be a version of yeah. something which could be a curry, you know. Yeah. All right, I've just added a little bit more cayenne because I... Uh, I know that you don't mind it being too spicy. I mean, I love you're, it. you're okay with the spice. Right, oh, well, yeah. you're from Louisiana, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I've uh, just given it a bit more of a kick because I know that you like it and I like it too. I like to get that little bit of a sweat on what I'm eating. I don't want to go over the top where I can't taste anything. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Jeff, I think we're getting close. Uh-oh, really? Look at that. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, what am I going to do? I'm just going to put a lid on. Yeah, it's definitely not what I would call, you know, particularly soupy or saucy. It's very thick. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I am. I'm going to put a lid on for five minutes. Okay. It's five or ten minutes. Okay, so we are getting down to the end stage here, I think so. Yeah. Well, what we've got now, this is one of my favorite things to do. We've got the curry ready. It's just, just still simmering. We've got the rice cooked. But what we're going to do now, it's what I like to do with the, the leftover herbs and spices. You know, there's a few things left over. We've got some ghee left. So I'm going to take a nice little dollop of the ghee and throw it in to a nice, nice-sized pan. What we're gonna do, we're gonna make a scented rice. All right. So what we have, essentially, we have left over, we have some cardamom, we have some cinnamon sticks. And so we've got like two cinnamon sticks, three or four cardamoms, three cloves, and what am I missing? I'm missing something. It's like, oh, some cumin, some cumin seed. So what we're gonna do now, we're gonna let this get the ghee on the go. And then, here you go, that's looking good. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna throw the goodies in there. Got the cardamom going in. I've already bruised it. Uh, we got the cloves, cinnamon, and a nice generous, generous serving of cumin seed. I'm actually adding cumin seed because I like this one's all about taste explosions. So I'm gonna uh, about half a teaspoon cumin seed. Got that going, going nicely. I'm gonna give it a quick stir around. So we've left some of it, some of our rice is out and we're just, that's just gonna be regular rice. Yeah, we've left half the rice out just for plain. Yeah. Just for plain rice, just to, and it's nice, because it's nice to have a bit of plain rice, just to clean your palate mm -hmm. while you're eating, and it gives it, so you don't overpower things. All right, so we've got this, that's a bit hot now. Spices are popping. They are, they? There we are, that's better. So we've got this working away. Now we're gonna add, we've got a bit of onion left over. Some fine, so we had some chopped onion and now finely diced it. Here we go. That's gonna soak up a little the spices. Same as before, just let it brown. And now we had some garlic cloves left over, so I finally chopped some garlic. I'm gonna throw that in. That's looking good. And what I've done, I've taken a, probably half the rice and it's all, it's kind of cooled down a bit now. Mm -hmm. Got it put in a bowl and now I'm just going to add the rice to the ghee, which is frying away with the onions, the garlic, the cinnamon, the cloves, the cumin, the cardamom, and we're just going to add the rice. Normally I'll just like, you know, I'll put half of it in first, so we, so we can still like move it around. But what we're going to do, we're going to fold the ghee and the spices into the rice. Still keeping it at a pretty good temperature. Because mm -hmm. you want to warm the rice up. And you see, if you see the geese like now coating, starting to coat the grains of the rice. Yeah. And with something like this as well, you can also, um, I haven't really used many vegetables in this dish, but you can like, 
finely chop some carrots and uh, maybe add some peas. Mm. Peas would be a nice thing to add to it. Yeah. Even broccoli if you like it. And then uh, even uh, talking of that, you know, like with the curry, it doesn't have to be chicken or fish, you know, like what, what was traditional to India. You know, you can, you can, people will use beef now these days, you know, in Britain, and they'll use lamb. Lamb is delicious. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, with us being in Alaska, you know, you can be a bit more adventurous as well. You know, you can put a bit of moose in there. Yeah. You have a moose curry. Yeah. In fact, well, one of the most interesting curries I've made was a beaver curry, Jeff. Oh, beaver. Oh, you made a beaver curry? I made a beaver curry. I met yeah. this guy, his name is Beaver Dave. Uh-huh. And he came into town one day. Sounds said, like he came by his nickname, honestly. He, he did, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he worked on an island counting beavers. And, uh, yeah, and I guess he brought some of his work back with him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he, he, came, he came back and uh, we were talking about curry one night and he goes, Hey, I've got, I've got like 20 pounds of beaver meat. Do you want some? And he turned up at my house one day with a big bucket full of beaver meat. Yeah. And we made a beaver, beaver curry. Nice. It was hard work. It was a very oily. We, we had to do a lot of work preparing that beaver. Yeah, particularly the tails. I've, I've, yeah, I've yeah, also, exactly. I've also had beaver. Yeah, I would yeah. love to. I would love to do a whole show on beaver. Yeah, yeah. I, when I got it, I made a. I'd listen to that one. I made yeah. a. I made a beaver pate en croute, and yeah. I also made beaver bourguignon. Ooh, very tasty. Because that's, I, that's I'm sure you. I'm sure beaver. you remember this. I mean, beavers. It's really, really dark red meat. Mm -hmm. It, it's it's almost like it, it's a little bit like beef, except it's like richer, mm -hmm. you know, and more of like almost an irony kind yeah. of taste. Oh yeah, it's so dark. Yeah, I bet it'd be good. What kind of curry did you make with it? Um, um uh, it was just basically like a, a very similar curry to they made here. All right, like a madras. Awesome. But I'd say that it did turn out pretty oily. You know, did you really? use the did you use the tail in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, the tail is like almost all... Anyway, Jeff, it was the first time I've had beef. Oh, yeah. The tail is basically fat and collagen. Yeah. And right. that's, I mean, it's a delicacy, but you don't really want to use it necessarily right. in the dish that you're using it. Yeah, yeah. With. Yeah, but but uh, anyway, the, but uh, we took it out. We, we went out that night for a night out to meet some friends, you know, and we bought the curry, beaver curry with us. Well, you'd have to. And I tell you, it went down well. I bet it did. It did, yeah. It was a hit. Yeah. So, it's you delicious. Know, I mean, it is a shockingly delicious meat. Yeah. Now what I'm going to do is just add a little bit of brewer's yeast to this rice. There it is. There we are. Just to give it... It's already basmati, but it's got a nuttiness, but this just brings it out even more. Yeah, so anyway, always, you know, a curry's all about experimenting, isn't it? You know, mm. as I said, it's, it, there's no real fixed recipes unless you want to go traditional Indian, you know. Sometimes you've got to, especially living up here, you've got to make do with what you've got, haven't you? You know. That's that's pretty much the the theme of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just gonna try this rice. Mm-hmm. Some garlic powder. Yeah, just a little bit of garlic powder. Don't like to use too much of it. There we are. And then just a little bit of salt to taste. All right. And just to give it a nice little thing. As I said, we're using we're basically making a rice out of what we have left over here. So we also have some of those chopped jalapenos. So I might throw a bit of a few of those in just for might as a well. bit of chopped tomato as well. It looks nice as well, doesn't it? It, gives it, it does. A nice presentation. And this is making me really hungry, by the way. Fortunately, it happens to be right about dinner time. Chicken stock? Yeah. You know, it, obviously, vegetarians, there's so many Indian food is very vegetable orientated. Right. right. So uh, you can always use, you know, a nice veggie stock. But there we are. I think this is good to go. There we go. We have a scented rice there. All right. The only thing we're really missing is some non bread, but mm. we don't know. We also don't have a tandoor, so. Yeah, right. A nice, <laughs> a nice tandoor oven, yeah. 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 Uh, and some non bread would be lovely with this. So, what we've got, you've got a nice bed of rice, you've got your plain rice, you've got your chicken madras with the cilantro on the top. And uh, what would be nice with it also could be like a chutney. Yeah. Like a mango chutney. Oh, yeah. Very sweet, and which could go cut through the spice. Yeah. But then also, you could, you could have your lime pickle to go with it, which is very hot or very sour. Right. I never want to attack those taste buds, you know? Yeah. Gosh. You want to get all the flavors going yeah, all at yeah. once. And there's a, there's a, if you find it too hot, if you find the curry too hot, you can always add a bit of yogurt yeah. on top. Yeah, you, you pretty much, you, you almost always get, get served a bit of yogurt. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. What I like to do sometimes is just sprinkle a bit of like raw, raw onion mixed with a bit of tomato, mm. with a bit of paprika, maybe a little bit of vinegar. 
and then just sprinkle that on for a bit of a garnish as well. And uh, yeah, poppadoms. Oh man. Like a lentil crisp, you know, the lentil chips as well. They're a lovely way to eat the food, you know. Just is that what they scoop. make them out of? Is, is, what, they're is made out of lentils. Lentils? Okay. Yeah. I think it's lentils. I think you do them out of lentils or chickpeas. Yeah, yeah. Graham flour is the one that I, I, but, I but I know they make they make them out of both. Well, yeah. graham flour is what they make baji out of. Right, bhajis, yeah. Pakoras and bhaji, they're the same thing. They just call yeah. them, they just have different names. You see, you can imagine like with a meal like this with all these different things going on around yeah. it. The pakora, yeah. bhajis. Oh, wonderful. You could have a nice mint, mint yogurt. Oh, yeah. Or lemony, something lemon, mint yogurt. So what, the only thing left is uh, some cilantro, right? Yeah. We're going to throw some cilantro. It looks like we got, we're more or less done with this, and now I'm just going to put some nice things for the surface, which is just going to get, give one more little bit of flavor, and that is a little coating of garam masala. And that's going to go on the top. And this is just going to add just a little bit more flavor. It's a little more intensified of all the major curry flavors. It's got a bit of cumin, turmeric, got cloves, nutmeg, and then I'm just going to mix this in slightly. All right. And now to add to that, we have the coriander leaf, the cilantro, the Chinese parsley, whatever you want to call it. I just like to use a leaf, uh, personally. I just like finally chop it and just like let it sprinkle in. I don't really use the stems as much because I find that they're a bit stronger and a bit more bitter. So I'll just, and then if you don't see, if you see what I'm doing, I'm just uh, I've got the bunch of cilantro here and I'm just cutting it with a pair of scissors from the leaf. And plenty of it, don't hold back with it. Okay. The, the final touch? Yeah, the final touch. Get a nice size, half, half a lemon and just squeeze it over the top of the madras, over the top of the cilantro. Just a nice little pour, and that should mix in nicely. There we are, and that's our curry. Magnificent. Our chicken madras a la Homer, Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> chicken madraska. <laughs> chicken madraska, there we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, what do you reckon, Jeff? Are you ready to eat some food? Yeah, I think it's time to eat. You look hungry. I am hungry. Me too. <laughs> Let's tuck in. Awesome. Checked Pantry is a production of KBBI AM 890 in Homer, Alaska. It's produced and hosted by Jeff Lockwood. Today's guest was John Cottingham. The theme music is String Quartet Opus 10, Movement 2, by Claude Debussy, performed by Quatuor Ebain. This is the fourth episode of the winter 2020 season of Check the Pantry. Your financial donation as a listener makes this and other KBBI programs possible. Visit the KBBI public radio website at kbbi.org support to help produce programs like this.
Thank you.